the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Three oh seven on the Central Coast. This is probably the first time in thirty-two years on the air that I've had a guest dancing to my opening theme music. I'd buckle up. This is going to be an interesting show. I'm glad I showed up. Anyway, welcome to Hometown Radio. I'm Dave Congleton. It's Wednesday, January tenth, two thousand twenty-four. We're with you all the way till seven o'clock on this broadcast at four oh five. Mark Burns joins us, commercial realtor extraordinaire. Let's uh, talk about the decision of the San Luis City Council to lower the rent on a property they own in the downtown. Why are they doing that, and what's the challenge for the others? As promised, Michelle Doster at five oh five. Are there storm warnings on the horizon this year? Is twenty twenty four going to be a repeat of twenty twenty? And at 6.05, let's talk about why so many restaurants across the county are closing. It is a Dave Congleton show, always your hometown radio talk show. First up, here we go. Hidden Creek is an independent film that you're about to hear a lot about in the months to come, I suspect. Uh, We have uh, three of the filmmakers joining us in studio. Particular kick to welcome back to this broadcast, the one, the only, Dr. Steve Brody. Dr. Steve, how are you? Good. It's it's a pleasure to be back, Dave. Where have you been all these years? Well, hiding hiding out. We we have a place on the creek, and we uh, we just stay there. Writing screenplays. Writing screenplays. All right. I want to hear more about that. Introduce the team. Oh, okay. Well, we've got um, Julian Mercado and uh, Darian Jewell. Hi there. Uh, And these young guys are amazing. Uh, Rini Lynn, uh, your your good friend and sponsor and my good friend, uh, suggested when I talked about the screenplay that I get in touch with these guys. And so here we are. And there's a director-producer combo. All right. There's so much to talk about, but I want to make sure you put the focus on Saturday. What's happening Saturday, Steve? Well, Saturday we're having a, a premiere, and uh, it's going to be at the Hearst Castle. It's a test screening. Uh, it's just about sold out. There are just a few seats left, and that's not hype. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're really excited that it's just about sold out. Yeah. Uh, it'll begin around 4 or 5 uh, at the big theater there, and we're very excited to uh, have uh, Let me premiere. pin you down. What time does it start? It, the movie actually starts around 5.30. Okay. But, uh, I don't want people being late. Yeah, well, they have to get yeah. tickets. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and you can get tickets through the website, which is hiddencreekmovie.com. Hiddencreekmovie.com. Yeah, and everybody's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, all the cast is going to be there. All the crew is going to be there, and we're going to have pretty much a big old reunion along yeah. with all of our guests. All right. So. The screenplay came first, Steve, meaning you wrote the screenplay without even knowing about these two. Exactly. All yeah. right. So talk a bit about that. How'd you, had you written other scripts before? I have written other scripts before. This is the first one that's being produced, uh, which is very exciting for me. Sure. have it on the big screen. Yeah. Uh, and uh, basically, one of the, the reasons why I wrote it was I, I deal a lot with uh, older families and people who are beginning to have dementia. 
uh, and the dynamic in the family is is uh, can be very tense. The older person who's beginning to lose their bearings mm-hmm. is thinking that they start getting paranoid. Things are happening around them. Their keys are being taken away because the family doesn't want them to drive, etc. Uh, and the young people, of course, are just concerned about the older person losing it. So they're trying to protect him. So that's the theme of the movie. It, it begins like gaslight, where you think you're seeing it through the through the old guy's eyes, that it looks like they're out to kind of take over the ranch. Midway, you start realizing through the young person's eyes that they're just trying to protect the ranch from going under. Yeah. All right. So Steve, you write the script, and then you show it to Rini Lynn, just out of she's your friend. Yeah, the, okay. John and Rini are very good friends of ours, uh, and uh, I don't know if I showed her the script or we were just talking one night, just visiting, as, as we often do, right. and uh, I had mentioned it, and she said, oh, well, you should get in touch with Julian and Darian, and I said, well, okay, let's do it. All right, so you reach out to them. Julian, let me jump to you. So mm-hmm. you get this, you hear about the script, or you read the script. Yeah. How'd you first find out about this project? Well, the first time I ever heard uh, about the project was an email from Steve. Uh, Steve reached out um, and he said, I got a script. Um, I have uh, enough to get us started and get us going. And I asked him how much. <laughs> no, but but yeah, that's that's kind of how it all started, uh, all over an email. And then I forwarded it to, to these guys, Darian and Magnus, um, who I've produced um, a, a few different projects with. And they were totally on board and we said we want to do it. What was your reaction to the script? You must have been intrigued by it. Yeah, yeah, no, it was very interesting. We we really liked the uh, the two t- subjects that that it tackles with Alzheimer's disease, you know, the dementia portion of it, but also the land preservation part of it and the way the two almost, you know, work together in the in the script. Um, and and it's the family dynamic too. I think that that's what caught our attention a lot is the you know the the way the family deals with it and how they react. And you and Darian uh, co-produced and co-direct. Yes. All right. So Darian, what was your reaction to Steve's script? Oh, I loved it. Um, the script really, really, really captures uh, the subtle dynamics between the family. Uh, a lot of people, especially um, people who go through what Jimmy's going through in the script will immediately start blaming Hal and start really jumping on him, saying that he shouldn't be doing a lot of things Hal that he being does. the son. Hal yeah. being the son. Um, but as the story progresses, we notice a subtlety where a lot of Hal's actions come out of love and comes out of love for his father. A lot of the family problems all comes out from love. So that was really the heart for the script for me, was the family and was this passion they have for each other. We should back up, mm-hmm. and, and Darren, I'll come to you first. Let's talk a little bit about your background, because you and Julian both have a local connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um, Julian and I both grew up in Cambria, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to the same middle school, same high school. We've known each other since the same uh, summer film camp that we used to go together. Uh, in fact, we were even set on the same team way back in sixth grade, mm-hmm. uh, named Frustrate Productions. We, we had a little <laughs> bit more issues back then. More disagreements. <laughs> yeah, more disagreements. But, you know, over time, we developed a really, really strong workflow yeah. and really, really strong rapport between each other. And we've been able to tackle bigger and bigger projects from shorts to our first feature in high school to, well, now Hidden Creek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, fill out the story, Julian. Yeah, it all started at the YMCA Youth Institute in middle school with Dan Hartzell. Uh, and he's still at the high school and he's still helping us uh, move forward with the projects. Um, 
And so it all started there. He put us on a team together, and, and we created something pretty bad. But, you know, it, <laughs> it started something really great. Um, and we kept, we kept doing shorts every summer um, up until about junior year in high school where we decided to uh, take on a feature our senior year. And yeah, that brought us closer together. Than and then you went off to LA. Yes. The two of you and Magnus yeah. is the third? Yeah. yeah, we moved down to Burbank to pursue this a little further. I went, um, we both went to Woodbury, or all of us went to Woodbury University. I just finished up there um, not too long ago, actually. I graduated in May. Um, and yeah, we've been, we've been there since 2019. We came back for a little while during COVID and, and we shot a, a couple of shorts. So you're based in LA now, pretty much. Yeah, we're pretty much full time in LA and we come back uh, for work and also visit family while we're at it. <laughs> All right, Steve, ready the big question. Mm. How much of your script did they change? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> they changed some. Yeah. Uh, it was a process. Uh, I, as a writer, you know, you, you get attached to your words, and yeah. you can't do that. Yeah. Uh, so I think they, uh, they added a lot to the script. Yeah. Mm -hmm. from, from a filmmaker's point of view, they were, they were very helpful. So talk about that, Darren. How much of his script did you mess with, and was he okay with it? Well, it was all a conversation from <laughs> the beginning. Like, as soon as we got the script, it really came down to, like, what was shootable and, like, what we could get the funding for, the kind of talent we can get in the area and the locations we had. So those are most of the minor adjustments. Then as we got the talent and we got really talented folks, uh, we really started to flesh out the characters in a more holistic way. Uh, we honestly believe that film is a collective creative project mm -hmm. and one mind cannot fully understand the full story. Having everyone influence those characters in subtle ways makes it much, much more impressive. Julian, comment on that. No, yeah, absolutely right. I think, and a script goes through so many revisions. You know, the the first one that Steve sent over was great, but then we went through dozens more before production, yep. um, and then after, even like during shooting, it, there's subtle rewrites. There's things that are changed, and all the way through the post production, there's the movie was too long at first, so there's cuts that had to be made, and we're attached to everything we shoot. We we love everything we got, and um, it was it was hard to delete some stuff, but we definitely ne needed to bring that down. <laughs> yeah, Darren, as a co-director, did you have uh, issues with actors trying to uh, ad-lib, or did they stick to Steve's words? So we kind of took a very um, a liberal stance with the lines, and we, we, wanted, we had Steve there pretty much every day to reassure that the heart of the film is being kept, but we also wanted things to come off as natural, come off as whatever the character would say in yeah. that moment. So we let the actors have some liberty with it. And, and I remember the lead... Uh, Jimmy, the, the, the old man, uh, he's a veteran actor. And I kept thinking, you know what? Why don't you, you go with it? Because you can bring something uh, that's, that's valuable. Everybody brings something to the yeah. project. Yeah. But the, the G whiz question, Steve, how does it feel to write a script and watch that on the big screen? Oh, it's, it's just very, very gratifying to see your idea for a script and then you write it and you develop it and you see the characters and then you actually see it kind of come to life is uh, very satisfying. All right, plenty to cover. The movie is Hidden Creek. It is going to be screening this Saturday. We'll give the details. We'll come back with our filmmakers. We're live, we're local. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio.
Tomorrow on Hometown Radio, we'll give you an update about what's happening with our friends at Camp Natoma. Dr. James Armstead weighs in on uh, world events. We're also uh, checking with the fine folks from Peak Wi-Fi. The mayor of San Luis Obispo, Erica Stewart, joins us on Friday. We are busy. It's Hometown Radio for the Central Coast. It is the Dave Congleton Show. Uh, This hour, we're putting the spotlight on a brand new movie with a definite local feel. It's called Hidden Creek. Steve Brody wrote it. Darian Jewell and Julian Avila uh, co-directed and co-produced it. Steve, let's remind folks about Saturday night, please. Yeah, Saturday over at the uh, Hearst Castle Theater, the movie will be uh, premiered. And uh, there are just a few tickets left. You get them through the website, hiddencreekmovie.com. And uh, everybody's welcome. It's going to be an exciting event. So, Darian, what happens after Saturday night with this movie? What's next? Well, what's next is we're going to be taking some uh, audience reviews from the test screening, really refine the movie, get it to another level, and then send it out to the film festivals, and then possibly from there, distribution. What's the challenge there? I mean, there, as you know, there's so many movies made now. How do you, how do you find your audience? Definitely, definitely. Well, a lot of it's being targeted, right? A lot of films will just kind of shoot an open net. But for our film, it's dealing specifically with dementia and it's dealing specifically with um, land preservation and even more specifically land preservation in California. So we're going to be really targeting the local film festivals, Santa Barbara, Ojai, San Luis Obispo, um, stuff that the community would really resonate with. Doesn't Cambria have a film festival? Yeah, Cambria as well. Your chances have a good chance there. Where do you see this going, Julian, after Saturday night? Yeah, like Darian said, I think we have, uh, that's that's our plan right now, is go um, straight to doing some final touches, make it make it as, as, more, as polished as we can um, with the reviews we get, um, and then send it out. Try to get as many eyes as possible on it through film festivals, and then get it on a streaming service so anyone at home can watch it. That's the goal. So, Steve, flesh out the story for us, please. You mentioned this is about uh, dimension and a rancher, dementia. So what's the story behind Hidden Creek? Well, again, it's, it's a gaslight opening where the old man who's beginning to show some early signs of dementia is uh, very confused, begins to get paranoid. Things are happening around him. The kids seem to be taking control, something I see in my practice, uh, quite frankly, a lot. Uh, and uh, midway through the movie, as I mentioned earlier, you, you, you get a, a change, you get a different point of view so that you see it from the kids' point of view, and they're really basically trying to protect the ranch from going under. But is it a local ranch? Do you identify it as oh, being on the Central well, Coast? Oh, well, good point. It's Gloria Fiscalini's uh, property, and okay. she's just been uh, instrumental in uh, helping us uh, film this thing. But in the story itself, no, the characters, don't. it's just, any, it could be anywhere. could be anywhere, absolutely, okay. universal. And was there a specific event, Steve, that triggered the story in your mind? Uh... I don't remember the specific event. I know that I was dealing with a few families that were going through this, and I remember thinking, okay, maybe we could uh, develop this into a screenplay. Uh, and the land preservation piece is a biggie, too. I'm very big on, on trying to preserve the, nat- the natural uh, landscape that we have. How long, how long did it take you to write the script? You know, it's a good question. I get that, that, asked that a lot. And it was a few years ago that I wrote this particular script. Yeah. Uh, probably a couple of months. I'm pretty quick. Once I get once I get the idea, uh, it it happens pretty quickly. Yeah. All right. So you've got the script. You're going to uh, greenlight it, and you guys are going to take it into production. Julian, let me start with you. Mm-hmm. What were the production challenges? Well, how do you make this movie? 
Yeah. I mean, challenge number one for indie filmmaking is financing um, and fundraising. So it was great that the community is always super helpful. You know, we it is a community-funded film. Um, we had an Indiegogo campaign run. Um, right before production and it, it went really well and it got at the attention of, of people who wanted to be more involved in the project and they helped us too. Um, and then around that time also Steve Hurst signed up to be an executive producer and he helped us um, really get production going. At first we we didn't have the full funds to get all the way through production um, but we went ahead, scheduled for it anyway, and kept going because we had a timeline that we wanted to hit. Um, and we we started and, and we got the funds throughout the way. And Steve, and Steve was very helpful because he believes in land preservation, as you know. Uh, so this movie was, uh, it kind of touched him for sure. Is that how you got him on board, Steve? Uh, yeah. The, the land yeah. preservation angle? Yeah, we, like we had uh, some old friends of ours were he was the ranch manager we we uh, we knew him for many years ago and they provided us access or or got us in touch with uh, got me in touch with steve uh and uh he was very excited about doing doing a movie that featured land preservation as a key theme there was a woman about 10 years ago lived in south county she and her husband put their house up a mortgage to their house to make a movie and they forgot to leave enough aside for editing Mm. All right, and I guess the shoot itself was a total disaster. Mm. But they spent all their money oh. mm. on shooting, mm -hmm. and 10 years later, I mean, the movie's made, mm. but they don't have enough to edit it because they made that critical mistake. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sounds like you guys avoided it. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we did. Um, a lot of it was the help of the Plummer Brothers and their company, Super Image Ltd. I'm not familiar with them. Who are they? Uh, so the Plummer Brothers are other filmmakers who come out of Cambria, and they're very involved in the San Luis Obispo and the Cambria Film Festivals. Very, very talented individuals who have managed to help a lot with the post-production services of Hidden Creek. And they managed to get us a really great deal and work with us a lot. Because for them, this is a passion just as much as it is for us. Carlos and Kyle Plummer, yeah. great people. So what is it about Cambria producing all these filmmakers? Isn't that simple? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> well, um, hmm. uh, in the 90 seconds before the break, we'll get into production after news. So, uh, Julian, where do you see all this going in terms of your career? What are you, where are you going to be 10 years from now? Yeah, so um, hopefully still working and, and scaling up the projects. Um, Darian and I have a passion. Uh, we, we have passion project that we've been working on um, that we really want to see take off within the next uh, few years. But also, uh, uh, Steve Brody still has some scripts that he he keeps pitching us that we love, and um, a few other opportunities have come up. So really, we're we're hoping to just keep working on features and and keep doing what we love. Where do you, where do you see it going, Darian? Uh, yeah, same with Julian. Uh, we have that passion project. We have some really amazing scripts from Steve. And we have other opportunities that we're being presented with. I'm honestly feeling very optimistic with where we're going to be taking things uh, in our career and with the Central Coast. But you see yourself based still in Burbank. Uh, yeah, based in Burbank so we can be close to the industry resources, but then still 
um, using the Central Coast and taking advantage of this wonderful place we have. I, I chuckle to myself sometimes when I think that in 10 years from now, perhaps when I'm gone, or 20 years from now, I'll be the old guy that got them started. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of... It's kind of um, well, as long as they keep acknowledging you. No, as long they, as the, check, the royalty checks keep coming even, in. Even if they don't. Even if they don't. <laughs> just just knowing that, okay, they'll, they'll have a fond memory of that. Mm-hmm. All right, off we go. We've got California Headline News, ABC Radio News. Craig updates us with Time Saver Traffic and Weather Together. Then we'll continue our conversation with the filmmakers behind Hidden Creek and hear some of the stories out of the production. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio for the Central Coast. It is the Dave Congleton Show. Happy Wednesday. Day. And I'll start with a question. Is your furry friend in need of some TLC? Well, look no further than the new Cuesta Park Animal Hospital at the base of the grade here in San Luis. They're here to provide top-notch care for your beloved pets. With convenient hours Monday through Friday from 8 to 5, they're always ready to help. No need to wait for weeks to get an appointment. Cuesta Park Animal Hospital offers same-day appointments for both wellness checkups and injury or illness concerns. And for those unexpected moments, they also provide same-day walk-in drop-offs for emergency illness or injury cases. At Cuesta Park Animal Hospital, they believe in advanced diagnostics to ensure the best treatment for your pet. They also offer boarding services and provide loving care for your pets while you're away. So why wait? Visit QuestaParkDVM.com. Make the call today to schedule your next appointment. Start the new year off with a wellness checkup for your pet. Cuesta Park Animal Hospital, where your pet always comes first. This is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Commercial realtor Mark Burns joins us during the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, what's going on with the uh, commercial space in the downtown? He will explain. Meanwhile, we are back with our local filmmakers, screenwriter Steve Brody, and co-directors, co-producers, uh, Darian Jewell and Julian Avila. Steve, let's remind folks about Saturday nights. Well, Saturday night at uh, the Hearst Castle Theater, we're doing a test screening premiere of Hidden Creek. There are a few tickets left, and if you want to join the fun, go to hiddencreekmovie.com. Or just to find out more about the movie itself. Everything exactly. you know is right there. Yeah. Every, okay. Every, yeah, it's all there. Mm-hmm. All right, so, uh, I don't know, I guess I'd start with you on this one, Julian. You've got the script. Uh, it sounds like you ended up getting enough money to proceed. So, for the non-movie people at home, talk about the challenges that you and the other two gentlemen faced in putting all this together. Oh, challenges. <laughs> How many days? Yeah. Okay, so first scheduling, yeah, it, was, uh, it took us a while to schedule the whole thing out, but we ended up with 17 uh, shooting days, uh, not including weekends. Um, yeah. <laughs> And and, uh, these guys, one of the challenges is doing those scheduling days, you want to get the actors, all their different scenes, in the same day so they don't have to come back and forth from L.A. Yep. So, well, let's let's jump there. Casting. You weren't using local actors, you were using L.A. actors? So, we used a mixture. Um, Our goal was to take advantage of as much of the local cast as as possible, but it is a fairly small pool. 
So for a lot of the lead roles, we pulled upon LA casting, and then for a lot of the supporting roles, uh, we will pull upon the local talent. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the talent we got was just really, really amazing stuff. Big Even, cast? Yeah, big, big cast. Yeah, all yeah. of them brought everything to it. It was amazing. All right, so yeah. talk about some of your, your actors. Who do you have? Um, so our lead role is John Henry Richardson, who has been acting for ages, since uh, the 70s, I believe. And he, he was simply very, very, very talented. Uh, he was, in fact, a acting professor, so he was able to support a lot of the other actors in their specific choices and the scenes and um, specific developments for their character. And he's playing in a number, number of movies. Uh, when you look at his reel, when you go to IMDb, there's a scene where Abraham Lincoln, that, from that movie, is talking to his generals, and there's John Henry, <laughs> one of right the there. generals. Yeah, yeah so... He's a, he's a veteran. So you got John Henry. Mm -hmm. We got Mark Ricketson, and we got Abby Renner as the kids of Jimmy, who John Henry plays. Um, and they were phenomenal. So Abby Renner, her first uh, film ever, any kind of film, she's uh, not done any shorts or anything previously, but we saw her at audition, and it was it was amazing. Um, so was this, a, was this a casting call that you did, or did you target specific actors? Yeah, so it was a casting call through Backstage, um, and they applied, and she told us that her friends kind of like convinced her to do it because she's been taking acting classes for a while. Um, and yeah, she she auditioned, and we, we loved her, and she was so great to work with on set, and it was it's insane that she's never done anything before. And the emotion that she channels in her character was really phenomenal. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, previously a uh, model, and now hopefully she pursues to uh, keep doing acting. This could be her springboard. Any <laughs> local actors we should know? Uh, yeah, definitely. We worked with uh, Rose Marie, who was a very talented theater actor who really pulled her A game for Hidden Creek. And we also worked with a little sl local celebrity, Rick Bruce, the village Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he played the lawyer Fitz in the film, and he just does a stellar job. Oh, he's, he's great. He's mm -hmm. perfect. Yeah. Money in the bank, Rick Bruce. So did you shoot it all in on the North Coast? Yeah. Yeah. No, the entire film is shot in San Luis Obispo County, Cambria for the most part. Um, we did get some B-roll in Paso. And uh, for the most part, at Gloria Fiscalini's ranch. Right. Mm -hmm. We spent two weeks there at Gloria's ranch, and <laughs> we 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 gave her a heads up. You know, we're gonna be here a while. Are you sure you want to let us do this? And uh, and she was so sweet. And and we were there every day for like two weeks straight. And by the end of it, she she keeps telling us, "Oh, I miss you guys. You guys are so amazing to have around." And I hope she gets a free seat at the premiere. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, right. So, Steve, where are you during these seventeen days? Well, I'm on set. Uh, watching, monitoring, uh, making sure that the movie is moving in the direction that seems to have a cohesive whole. Yeah. But like I say, the actors, if they came up with something, if they channeled something in their character that worked, let's go with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that you encourage Steve to... Yeah, no, we loved having Steve there. And in fact, um, we didn't have a scripty on set, so he was helping with that role, which was really, really helpful mm -hmm. since he knows the script so well. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Steve, now that you've had a film produced and you have been on set to see the process, I would imagine that that would shape your writing because you see now how challenging it is. So, for example, um, you don't want to have uh, too large a scene or too ambitious a location because it's just not feasible with a budget. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Your, your writing changes when you start looking at the dynamics of what's it going to cost 
What can you act? Where can you shoot? Yeah. How can you shoot it? Yeah. So uh, that's been a learning process, and I'm kind of enjoying that. Actually, it's it's challenging. Yeah, because it's like, well, do I need all these characters? Do I need all these locations? No, cut, 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 mm -hmm. cut, cut, mm -hmm. cut, 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 cut. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the first thing we did when we received the script, right? As producers, I think as a producer, that's my favorite thing is to look at um, the different parts of the script and, and think, like, how can we do this? How can we make this possible um, on a budget, on our schedule, you know? So we'll talk about the challenges for the two of you in jumping from making shorts to making a legitimate feature film. Well, for me, the biggest shock factor was learning how to do payroll I mean, yeah. <laughs> we, we aren't just paying actors with like shots from the movie we're paying them with actual money yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that that was definitely a learning curve along with the whole business side of things but really julian and i took it on and we, we enjoyed it and we we learned that we have a passion for the producing side along with the directing side yeah mm -hmm. what was it like for you to make that jump from short films to feature films yeah, it was, you know, the short films are great practice, but if you want to do a feature, you just have to do it because it's a whole different beast to tackle. Um, I think we're grateful for Gary Stevenson, who in high school, um, he kind of taught us how to budget and schedule for a feature, and he's the one that helped us with that first one. And then I helped co-produce another feature shot up here in the Central Coast, um, The Greatest of All Tina, and that was good practice, too. Um, but then doing one all on our own was a whole different beast to conquer. <laughs> Why are more Hollywood movies made on the Central Coast? We're so close. We offer so much. It's a beautiful We, we could probably place. count on two hands the number of movies that have been made here over the years. Mm -hmm. Any uh, thoughts on that? Honestly, I'm expecting us to see more films shot on the Central Coast in the coming years. Uh, a lot of the big industries, they, they want to stick to the sound stages. They want to just use the CGI. They want to just power their way through a film, throw money at it, and make it happen. But um, nowadays with streaming, we're seeing a lot more indie filmmaking. And indie filmmaking usually calls for uh, locations. You can't just buy up a big old warehouse and then shoot it like it's a soundstage. Mm -hmm. So with the locations, they're going to be looking for pristine locations that are close to Los Angeles and Central Coast is prime real estate for that. Was there any thought of taking Steve's script and starting as a short film? Or did you know, all agree from the beginning this was a feature film? I think um, we were, we all kind of agreed on, on the feature, mainly because we wanted to keep the integrity to, to um, Scripps' original vision, I mean, uh, Steve's original script and his vision. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and that kind of goes back to the conversation where we were, we were discussing the edits and the notes as we, we try to keep the integrity to what was there already as much as possible. Question, oh, sorry. We cut, but what... what I think one of the key questions that we keep asking, or I certainly keep asking, is what's going to move the movie forward? And if it moves the movie forward, fine. If it doesn't, cut it. Cut it. Got to go. Yeah. Uh, question on the Stahlberg line. A listener wants you to comment on the equipment that you used. What did you, you shoot it with? Yeah, so we shot the film on an FX6, Sony FX6 camera, um, with some really nice... Oh, man, I'm blinking on the lenses. You don't have to get that technical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're really beautiful lenses. Um, man, I'm, I love those lenses, and I can't remember the name. Um, but, yeah, the FX6 is a powerhouse of a camera. It is, um, it is what's you know allowing a lot of uh, filmmakers, entity filmmakers, do very uh, beautiful, big-scale stuff, but on a budget. Because um, there is that feature, the creator was shot on an FX3, which is the little, yeah. the little brother to the FX6. 
Um, so, yeah, we can do a lot of great stuff with the modern technology. Who's the guy that did uh, Tangerine? Shot, he, he shot on three iPhones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no, we live in a new age, for sure. You really yeah. can't. Mm -hmm. All right. Short break. We'll come back for a final segment where they're filmmakers. The name of the movie is Hidden Creek. Shot right here in Slow County. We're live, we're local. You're listening to The Dave Congleton Show. The movie is Hidden Creek, written by Steve Brody and co-directed and produced by Julian Avila and Darian Jewell. All three gentlemen join me in studio, where Steve is about to remind us about Saturday night. Well, Saturday night, this coming Saturday night, just a couple of days from now, at the Hearst Castle Theater, Hidden Creek is going to be uh, test screened and premiered. Uh, they're, the theater holds about 400 folks, and we're probably up to about 375 now. So if people do want to, to come, they better, they better jump on the website, hiddencreekmovie.com, and you can find out about the movie as well as uh, buy a ticket. Yeah, all right. So, Julian, you wanted to give a shout-out to the people in Cambria. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think we, without without their support, you know, this wouldn't this project wouldn't have been possible. Just uh, from the Indiegogo, just sharing it and donating um, to coming out for to be extras. You know, we wanted to have as many familiar faces in the background of our of our movie as possible as a thank you, and also it was a huge appreciation towards them just for coming out. We needed a total of like eighty extras, and we had a surplus. So, we've they, got folks dancing at Mosey's. We've mm -hmm. got folks showing up at the shootout at the city council with the uh, the shootout. Well, well, not literally a shootout, okay. but with the where our old hero defends his property and saves the ranch. It's pretty cool. So, Darian, would you call this a smooth production? Did things go as expected, or were there challenges for you? Oh, there's challenges. There's challenges with any production, but I, I would say this is a very blessed production. Um, I like to always bring up the Hidden Creek scene. Uh, the big scene that the film's named after um when we were shooting there we found out it was going to rain and we thought oh well it's going to rain the whole day we got to figure out a new day to shoot it it's going to be a whole nightmare but the rain wasn't quite showing up so we went ahead we went and shot the scene it looks great and then the clouds start coming in it starts sprinkling just a little bit and we turn around and we see the most beautiful double rainbow forming in the sky double naturally. rainbow mm -hmm. yeah Right when the... I hope you got in the movie. We did. Okay, in fact, yeah. the cinematographer shifted the camera. He says, we're shooting over here right now. We're catching that rainbow. Yeah. Yeah. And then immediately afterwards, as they're running into the creek, it just starts to sprinkle. And it just looks like the most magical thing in the world. I, I do think Mother Nature is blessing this film. Mm -hmm. I'll take that. Yeah, and to expand on that, just the the great crew we had, the great the great team, because the cast and the crew, um, we gave the option of, hey guys, it's raining, it's starting to become unsafe for you guys. We don't want anyone to get sick. We don't want the camera to, uh, or the, any of the gear to get wet. But John Henry took out his umbrella, he put it over the camera, and he said, let's keep rolling. And and there you go, Nick, passion. Yeah, Nick Conosenti, our 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 DP, he grabbed the camera and he's like, you know what, we're shooting this way now because this looks beautiful. And we, we're gonna keep going, and the whole team was just happy to be there and we're you know that's that's how good movies made at only fiscalini's place yeah. which is really pretty cool so we should uh we should plug your colleague magnus since yeah. he's not here but yeah. so who is he and what did he contribute 
Yeah, Magnus Martaller. He's always uh, helped us with producing um, logistical stuff. He's really good with uh, scheduling and, and that kind of stuff. So he, he helped us create the preliminary schedule. And every day he was kind of our unit production manager, checking in, make sure we don't need anything, everything's go- going okay. If you had to do it differently, would you do anything differently? Uh, I would add an assistant director, a first AD. Um, we that, that's definitely something we need, and that's not that's we're not shooting another project without one. So uh, it was a great learning experience. Remind our listeners what the first AD does. Our, why, why is that important? Yeah, the first AD is in charge of keeping you on schedule and and making sure you you keep moving on your production and and handles really other logistical needs so that you as the director aren't having to be the creative person um, spearheading the project and also the logistical person in charge of that stuff. Darian, anything you do differently? Probably get first AD. That, yeah. that was so you guys are in agreement on it. So yeah. why do you need two directors on a movie? So a lot of it's... Why couldn't um, you direct and you produce or yeah. vice versa? Yeah, that was the route we were going to mm-hmm. take beforehand, but as we were early in pre-production, we realized that uh, Julian and I have a really great rapport like figuring out all the different scenes and we can create more interesting choices for the specific scenes because of that rapport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You agree with that, Julian? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think what a lot of where, you know, wherever one of us lacks, the other one picks up and is really good at that uh, uh, specific thing. Um, and it's just really great to bounce ideas around with someone that doesn't always fully agree with you you know like and i think that's the best part of the collaboration is is like i think it would be best this way and i think it'd be best this way so how can we make it the best for everybody or how can you know come to a these guys have been an amazing team yeah i can hear it i can hear the passion but steve i'm curious i'll admit like with my scripts there have been like with authors anonymous there are one or two scenes that were great on the page but then when he got to the screen didn't translate. Mm. Did you have that experience at all? We had one where uh, Jimmy is uh, coming, he hears a noise, he's startled, it's in the kitchen, and these guys crafted it in such a way where he has this rifle, it's a prop. Yeah. yeah. We're not gonna have one of those yeah. rifles go off. Kind yeah, of yeah. Thing. You know, and just the way they filmed it, going down the hallway with the barrel of the rifle, I mean, it was just an amazing adaptation to what I had written. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are there are scenes that that read well on page, but you, they, you make them and it's like, man, yeah. Uh, but I guess that's more for comedy. Something's funny on the page, mm. so mm-hmm. even in drama, you know, how how they how they drew it out, yeah, the cinematography. Uh, Julian, I'm curious about where, where, where the independent filmmaking independent filmmaking is going. Is it alive? Well. Yeah, I think independent filmmaking is growing, like Darian was saying, There's, um, and especially with the new technology, it's so much more accessible. So I'm hoping in the next few years we can see more filmmaking up in, in the Central Coast to take you know, advantage of the beautiful sceneries. Um, and there's a lot of resources here. So I think there's it, it's looking good for indie filmmaking in the future. Darian, you agree? I agree, and I also want to add on that there's a lot of passionate filmmakers here. I mean, even as we were prepping the gala, we got emails from film clubs at uh, John Hancock saying that they want to show up at the gala, they want to support us, and they also want 
to uh, potentially help us on future projects. Yeah, and that's that's a big part of it is supporting like st students too, just as much as other filmmakers mm -hmm. and helping each other out. I think we wanna uh, we always cultivate a very collaborative workspace, and and we want to keep doing that for um, our friends and, and our crew in LA and our crew here in San Luis Obispo County. Mm. These guys have big hearts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, big, big hearts, talent. big plans, big yeah. talent. Yeah. I'm impressed. Mm -hmm. That's why I gave you the hour. Ah, All right? Cool. I gave you an hour. It's been appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, Darren, uh, talk about filmmakers. Who do you admire? Who are the directors? Who are the producers? Who do you look to? Hmm. you got to think about this one. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm actually very, very inspired by Dick Wolf. Specifically, the producer. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the, the Law and Order guys. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, he's really able to take a formula, a story, and do so much with it in so many different ways that really create a certain level of like comfort to television for people that I, I've just seen create beautiful change in people's lives. Yeah. Who would you go with, Julian? Filmmaker. Um, and see, this is a beautiful uh, example of the contrast between just uh, as a Hispanic filmmaker, it feels like, you know, going into it, there's not a lot um, of people like me working these kind of jobs and in, in these fields. And I'm glad it's expanding now. But I always, you know, looked up to um, Hispanic uh, filmmakers and, and television producers like Eugenio Derbez and, and people mm -hmm. like that. And they've always been kind of an influence for me to kind of pursue this industry it's possible you know they make it feel more possible for me and you're proving yourself that it's possible yeah yeah absolutely and i hope i can be it can prove for everyone else and you know like my little brother wants to be a you know he wants to go into entertainment too or, he, or at least he's playing with it but he's you know he's young he doesn't know yet but yeah i want to be able to show him that it's possible we can do it steve any screenwriters you admire any, mm. did you study any scripts how'd you teach yourself screenwriting my brother got me into it because he, he does screenwriting. And to tell you the truth, I watch a lot of our dramas rather than movies and just the enjoyment of watching the theme develop mm -hmm. uh, and, and how the characters develop. And one of the things that impresses me is that when the actors actually take your, your, your material and pause, put some spin to it, uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing process. To me, the biggest honor is when a, an actor doesn't Improvise mm. when the actor does your mm. words word mm. for word. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's like cool. Mm. Mm. I married well, mm -hmm. Catherine Ryan Hyde when it was paid forward, mm -hmm. and she was so thrilled that there was a scene where they took it word for word from the book. Mm. Everything else they changed, mm -hmm. but that one big scene, it's like, yes, mm -hmm. I understood it. Mm -hmm. All right, Mr. Brody, one last time, please. What's happening Saturday night? Well, Saturday night, Hidden Creek will premiere the test screening of, of Hidden Creek at Hearst Castle Theater this Saturday. And if you're interested in finding out either about the movie or to get a ticket, go to HiddenCreekMovie.com. And just, yeah, just HiddenCreek.com is everything you need to know. Uh, do you guys have a website for your projects if people want to support you, find out more about it? Yeah, so our company, um, we're Slabtown Studios. We do all kinds of things right now, we, you know, commercials, uh, events, um, and independent production. So right now our, our site is slabtownstudiosavco.com, um, and we're also mainly running off of hiddencreek.com as well, bigmovie.com. Right. Our thanks to Steve Brody and uh, Darian Jewell and Julian Alvala. Steve, final thoughts? Final thoughts. Uh, if you have a passion... 
and you like to write, give it a whirl. It's a, it's a fun process, a challenging process, but a very rewarding process in the end. Julian. Um, just come out. Uh, I hope that everyone can come out to, uh, this, this Saturday. May, uh, you know, it's a test screening, but it's also a bit of a networking event for people who are local filmmakers. Um, so, yeah, come out, chat with us. And if you're an aspiring filmmaker, I, all I can say is, you know, you can only greenlight yourself. Julian, uh, Darian, sorry. I want to double down on what Julian's saying. If you are an aspiring filmmaker, make the project, make the work, the cream will float, the investors, the people will find you. Rebel Tim is texting, and I used to rabbit hunt on Fiscalini property when I was a kid. Thanks, guys. <laughs> the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111